Kansas Memory, a Kansas State Historical Society podcast featuring glimpses of Kansas history from documents in the Library and Archives collections. The Kansas Museum of History opens its special exhibit, Forces of Nature, on March 22, 2008. Kansas Memory has numerous items dealing with weather, but this podcast will feature one of the most unique. It is January 1886, and a blizzard strikes south-central Kansas. The snow is so deep that railroad trains can no longer run. Several hundred passengers are stranded in Kinsley, Kansas. The stranded passengers are from the regular east and westbound trains, but they also include people from the Boston area on an excursion train headed to California. What does a town with a population of just over 600 people do when over 200 railroad passengers descend upon their community? In this case, we do know what happened from a newspaper titled The Bubba Blizzard, which was written and edited by some of the stranded passengers. It was a one-and-done newspaper. The newspaper published on January 23, 1886, consisted of four pages and the two local newspapers, the Kinsley Graphic and the Kinsley Mercury, set type and printed two pages each. The news articles printed by each newspaper were also recycled into their own issues. The Bubba Blizzard described the situation as follows. A through westbound train arrived here January 20th, 1233 a.m. and could proceed no further on account of the heavy snowdrifts which completely blocked the passage some distance beyond. Our two other trains were also unable to proceed either way. Soon after the arrival of the through passenger train, at this point it was followed by a through excursion train from Boston to California. Both trains, having a total of about 210 passengers, are still here, and it is uncertain when they will be able to resume their run. In the meantime, the passengers are naturally impatient, but seem to take matters rationally and quietly await their liberation from their unavoidable captivity by the elements. Mr. B. Schirmerhorn, manager of the Depot Hotel and Eating House, is doing all in his power to properly and comfortably entertain the many persons thus unexpectedly thrown upon his hospitality, and has admirably done so. His facilities, however, are inadequate for dining so large a number at one time, and those who were unable to dine among the first seemed much aggrieved. They regret that the trains had such poor taste as to be snowbound where there was not a Palmer House or a Southern Hotel. The lead article was eloquent and somewhat exaggerated in describing the plight of the passengers. The thousand loving and anxious parents, brothers and sisters, lovers and creditors of the Raymond Excursion Party, which left the genial climb and briny airs of Boston, Oars Island, and Yanty so full of joyous anticipations scarcely a week ago will, on receipt of this strictly independent journal, doubtless learn for the first time of the horrors to which their loved ones have been subjected within this brief space of intervening time. We would by no means unnecessarily alarm the anxious hearts at home, but, true to the uniformly voracious policy which this journal has pursued from the first, sworn circulation 9,999,999 advertisements inserted at the lowest rates, we are compelled to record the desperate situation in which the party now finds itself, snowbound for three days at this bleak polar trading camp, Kinsley, Kansas, 
with the tops of the Pullmans already 12 feet below the surface of the snow, the air thick with the still falling flakes and hideous with the shrieks of the relentless storm. Only the stoutest hearts hold out against the irresistible impulse of despair. For three days that seemed like an eternity, several eternities in fact, the party have subsisted entirely on the crude polar berries and mosses dug out of the snow with incredible labor. And so fierce have the pangs of hunger become that in many instances the passengers have been compelled to devour the very crackers, cheese, and spiritous liquors which they had brought with them for strictly medicinal purposes. The special issue contains a great deal of tongue-in-cheek humor, as this excerpt shows. It refers to the fact that the bubble blizzard will be a one-issue effort. We breathe and die. Our mission is not one of future greatness. We live only for the present. And we live but once. It has so changed that we have become a might in the great world of journalism by the rarest and most unforeseen of circumstances and exist only as a brief chronicle of the events of a few days in the far west. We make no boasts and claim no superiority over the newspapers of this age and country, but we hope to give immortality to events that might otherwise be lost to history. Events perhaps of little import to the great outside world, but weighty to those concerned, and which will be recalled in after times and feelings, perhaps of pleasure, for time shall no doubt have modified all the perplexities of this occasion. We merely apologize for our intrusion, gasp and die. All there, stay there, till the snow melts. Don't kick. It's no use. The people of Kinsley, in addition to providing food and shelter as needed, organized entertainment for the stranded passengers. The description of the event was included in the bubble blizzard. The people of Kinsley, thinking that their visitors from Boston and elsewhere, who were detained by necessity, concluded to vary the monotony of their stay by giving them a reception at Floor's Opera House last evening. The idea took form in the afternoon. Mr. Floor generously donated the use of his elegant hall, and by eight o'clock the good ladies of Kensley had gathered together a magnificent lunch, consisting of cakes, sandwiches, coffee, etc. The exercises of the evening were opened by the singing of a quartet by Mrs. Wendell, Miss Bidwell, Messrs. Beck and Siemens. This was well rendered. Next on the program was an address of welcome by Kensley's very efficient mayor, L.G. Boys. Mr. Boys spoke in a very pleasing manner. His address sparkled into wit and brim full of hearty welcome. Mr. Seaman then favored us with a solo, rendered in a very satisfactory manner, after which Reverend Booser, Kensley's little good-humored minister, his topic being the characteristics of Longfellow and other poets. This was followed by a solo by Miss Craig of New York. The rendition of this was excellent, and that Miss Craig is a magnificent singer. The audiences were delighted with this solo. Mr. Charles E. Raymond of Cambridge, Massachusetts, 
a large, well-fed and fine specimen of the Eastern businessman, who by his congenial manner and constant good nature has not only become acquainted with nearly all of the snowbound passengers, but has also formed many acquaintances in the town, was then called and responded in a very happy talk, concluding with the idea that excepting Massachusetts, Kansas is the greatest state in the galaxy. Dr. Chase of Minneapolis then responded to call and made a very pleasing talk. C.D. Noyes, a young gentleman of Cambridge, Massachusetts, then rendered a banjo solo. He is an expert with a banjo. Mrs. Wendell of Kensley was then called and rendered a solo in a very pleasing manner. Mrs. W. has a sweet, melodious, well-trained voice under good control. Her solo was appreciated. Colonel Hollowell of southeastern Kansas responded to repeated calls in a very happy talk in which he thanked the people of Massachusetts for their assistance in making Kansas a free state. Other gentlemen of the excursion party expressed their gratitude to the people of Kensley for their hospitality, after which lunch was passed, which was partaken of with a hearty relish. A vote of thanks was rendered to the people of Kensley. The hall resounded with cheers for the ladies of Kensley. The hall was cleared of seats. The string band was called in and dancing commenced. This was indeed a jolly party. The broad web-footed lad of the Atlantic coast, showing himself to be an expert of the Terpsichorean art as he glided in the giddy waltz with the merry Kansas lass. Old and young enjoyed the dance alike. The heads of men and women bobbed up and down in the dance as they kept time to the music. The dancing was continued until the wee small hours when the excursionists returned to their palace cars and the citizens retired to their homes, all feeling that they had spent an enjoyable evening. The passengers finally resumed their journey on January 25th, having spent from Wednesday through Monday in Kinsley. While numerous other trains were stranded in various Kansas communities because of winter blizzards, the one that hit Kinsley in January 1886 provides a more complete account of the experiences of the passengers because the bubble blizzard was published and preserved. This has been a Kansas Memory, a Kansas Historical Society podcast. The documents used in this podcast are from Kansas Memory, a virtual repository of primary sources from our collections. The URL for this website is www.kansasmemory.org.